This is just winging it. The Baking Show. <laughs> I gotta stop. I should just talk normal again. I don't just, know why I do that. Just say it real boring. This is just winging it. This is just winging it. We're sitting down in studio today to discuss the topics of our time. Caller one, you're on the line. I'm John Abdullah. I'm Patrick Green. We are here to listen to you. As Fraser Crane once said, I'm listening. Did you you watch that show? <laughs> People you, love that show. You, you, the physicist how much show. are you judging me? At, like, like you when you said that, you were like, yeah, I bet he's a Fraser Crane. Yeah, I could, well, because I feel like you've talked about it, but also yeah. because it's something that's been brought up enough. Yeah. That I feel like I should get around to. I mean, it's like twenty years old. You know, it, I should probably watch it. At some it was. Point. It's probably even older than that. I don't actually know, but because I feel like I watched it twenty year over twenty years ago, and it was repeats. But I don't actually know. Um, well, because it's tough because it, it aligned it's one of those, with Cheers, right? Like he was a character in Cheers. That's right. Yes. So it's there hard, are some it's hard shows like that though where I would. I don't know what I would feel about them if I watched them now, but I definitely went through a phase, right, where I just, like, binge on something. Mm-hmm. Like, another example like Big is Bang ever... Theory, you've been loving that shit. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I, I only ever made it through, like, one season of that. But anyway, um, the other that I was going to mention is uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, and there's, like, mm-hmm. fucking 15 episodes, or seasons of it. <laughs> 15 episodes. There was a point where I owned, I owned all of those seasons on DVD. You Bethany, were, like, a super fan. Bethany and I would just, like, you know, go through them all. I mean, that was before you could just watch something streaming or something, you know? And those are, like, sitcoms, so there's hundreds of episodes. Yeah. But it's not, like, an eight-episode. collection. It's like True Detective. This is, like, right. fucking, yeah. Yeah. But and now, shows, if I watched they're it, fucking yeah. lazy. I probably would find it funny still, actually. You think so? M- probably more so now, because a lot of those are around family dynamics. That, That's true. That I didn't know then. I just can't get past the laugh track. Like, I feel like I w- once, once I've left that behind, I, 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 even Seinfeld, which is still absolutely hilarious, I'm, st- I'm just distracted by yeah, the Yeah, but just get over laughing. it. You know I can't, what? though. It's still good it material. Informs, it's because, good. But, but I feel like somebody's going, oh, you're supposed to laugh now. Oh, you're supposed to laugh now. Oh, you're supposed to laugh now. If the script is incredible, which a lot yeah. of these shows are, then I can, like, after a while, kind of get over that. Yeah. But, man, like, Big Bang Theory is a great example of this thing. I've only watched about I 20 minutes of it. I was in one of the laugh tracks. Are you really? Yeah. You saw a taping of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that uh, that whole process is miserable, I have to say. Wait, because, so, wait so, so this is real? Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm okay. serious. I went, yeah. I, so I was in, you know, I did one. You probably I, talked about this and I blocked I it I think out I was in the I show, actually. Show. Congratulations. No, but the most interesting thing, and this is very much relevant to our show, obviously. Um, <laughs> the most interesting aspect to it is that if the writers don't get the laugh that they want, uh-huh. they will stop and rewrite the scene. And then they'll do it again with a different joke or a different a Live? performance of it. Oh, yeah. And so that's, that's actually... cool. It is cool. So that made me appreciate more of what the laugh track does. It gives them that immediate feedback. Like, oh, that's not as funny as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just like go huddle and they rewrite. So that was fascinating to watch. The part that's miserable is that they pay It's some... the show. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it's a good show. Have you ever watched it? I've seen enough to hate it. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, okay. I, well, my thought on that really briefly, why, yeah. is because I think it's very dependent on like liking those characters, yeah. for one thing, and getting to know them. And you don't. Because their little quirks are like supposed... But if you just tune in as somebody who just like changed the wrong channel one night, yeah, and it's it like, be. what is the show that everybody watches? Then I'm like, I don't give a shit that Sheldon said something like autistic sounding. Like, I, I don't like... I'm not like in that... I don't get it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, ju- I just see the gimmick. I don't see the character. I think if you follow the That's characters fair. over time, I I mean, obviously they know what they're doing with this show. <laughs> you know, like, I understand that they've made billions of dollars and I have not doing fucking sitcoms. Right. I get it. Go ahead. The miserable part is that for these laugh track shows, they pay some not so good comedian to keep the audience laughing in right. between. Because right. then when the writers are out there rewriting a scene or even before it starts recording, they want you to be in a good mood and all that. And this is the only experience I've had being in, you know, one of these. But 
the comedian was so bad. He was one of these comedians where if you don't laugh, he starts to make you feel guilty. Oh my and God, like, I fucking hate those right? people. Isn't that the worst? I also hate when people in general do that, where they're like, I can't hear you. I'm like, I said, good morning, John. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, do you want me to fucking kiss you? It's like, just the worst way to engage an audience. You know, right off the bat, you're just like setting up this weird you're dynamic. You're leading with guilt tripping? Like, exactly. seriously? So, the so there was that, here. and then it was just, he wasn't funny. Yeah. Um. And so, and 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 like, you actually you want a break from laughing because you know, as you know from like any good movie or even show, you've got the ups and downs, and yeah. then oftentimes like a sad moment in a movie might be followed up by a laugh, and that makes it so much better. It's right? fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if you're made to laugh for that period of time, like if this was like a couple hours, I think we were there. Mm-hmm. It hurt. It's like. It's not fun anymore. Right. You start to laughing actually is just like, ugh, you know? And you can, I feel like you can hear that on laugh tracks because yeah. a lot of the time there's like a murmur laugh. Yeah. Like I, there was a whole radio lab about this a while ago. Oh, really? There like the three different types of laughs on yeah, laugh tracks yeah. or something. I think it was radio lab. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was. It was about laughter. And, and, and there's like different classifications for the types of laughs that come out when an audience is together doing oh, this. Oh, yeah. And the, the one that I hate and that I'm always like, it, it takes me completely out of the moment is when it's this sort of forced thing that bridges like the murmur laugh. Yes. Which is just sort of like the ha 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 with like the ah ha ha. There's this one that kind of in the middle where it feels like they're pushing the murmur into like the funny category. Totally. And they're trying to build on it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like, oh, there's like professional laughers there. Yeah, who are specifically trying to be contagious with their laugh, and it just feels like they're engineering it. Yes. so so transparently. And I'm sure know? they use AI now to do that. Too. <laughs> they do use AI. <laughs> you know, they're but like, God forbid they use yeah. sunscreen. Yeah, it's true. You know who's not laughing right now? Probably who's that? Grace. Yes, because it school. is her, and it is her birthday today. <laughs> yeah, well, she ideally she would be laughing on her birthday, right? But she always cries school. on her birthday. So uh, last week we talked about how it was her first day. I mm-hmm. talked to you, and now it's been this will be her second. That's day one of week two. Right. And each day, like I was uh, optimistic that first day because it went well with drop off. And each day drop off has instead of getting better, it's actually gotten worse every day. Wow. (laughs) Has it still? So today, today, I would say it's plateaued. But last week, every day it got worse in the Mm. morning. To the point where she was like, there was uh, Thursday and Friday. I had to peel her off of me screaming and leave her in a classroom. Wow. Um, which sucks. Yeah. But but the the bizarre thing about it is every day at pickup, happy. I see her there playing mm-hmm. with other kids. She's totally happy. Mm-hmm. I keep asking her about her day and all that stuff, and she's like, it's all good stuff. So I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so it's been an opportunity for us, and, and Bethany started doing this, and I think was really good to pick up on it, and I've been trying to say it as well. Like, it's okay to feel... Um, two things at once. It's okay mm. to not want to go to school and to be excited and want to go, you know? Because, like, that's... It's hard um, when you're trying to grasp your own emotions or, you know, you don't even have that kind of self-awareness as a four-year-old who... Yeah, she's four now. Um, Officially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Uh, it is very weird. Um, so... So as a four-year-old, you don't you don't understand, obviously, you know, you have enough self-awareness to call out what an emotion is or, like, distinguish right. between them. And so I think there's just so much going on there and so she just every morning says, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. I hear mm-hmm. it at least, you know, 20 times each morning. And as a parent, it's like, you know, you have to, I'm trying to think of new ways to respond to that and deal with it. But at the end of the day, I just, you know, she needs to know it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's still going to happen. 
And, you know, she might also really like it, which it turns out every single day she does. So, right. you know, at but some that point, moment of separation, no matter what, yeah. feels traumatic. I mean, I, I can remember that a little bit as a I kid. I know, me too. You know, I remember too. I cried my first day of kindergarten. Yeah, definitely. Like, there, there, it, it's, that's still in there. So, like, you I know. know. And that's why I think, like, when I was talking about the karate classes, you know, Judah's having a yes. similar issue with yes. it. I think it's about, like, empathizing with it and, and, and validating the way that they feel. That's right. Not skipping over it and talking about how... Uh, you know, like you're not sending them away. They're coming back and you're yeah. still just as much a part and you're checking in with the teachers and you can't wait to hear about it. And before they know it, they'll be home and then we can have fun unpacking what happened during the day. Right. But it's so it hurts a lot. It does. And I was thinking about it and, and you know, the, I, we were surprised. I was somewhat even though I knew it was going to be tough. I was I was optimistic because she's been in daycare since she was three. Yeah, months right. Old, it's not, she, she has, so it's not like it's totally new. That's right. But that's one home that she's gone to for. You know, all of her life, basically, mm-hmm. um, and and obviously that was basically ex- extended family, right? So, so it is a big transition. But back to your point about how it, it hurts as a parent. There's this interesting thing um, with parenting, and I felt it most often w- with you know both of my kids as babies when you try to do sleep training as an example, where you both have uh, an ability like no one else to ignore crying or to like you know, disassociate from it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like no one else, of course, it just strikes you, you know, your heart (laughs) directly in a way that it won't anyone else. And it, both of those things. Right. And so with grace now, I haven't experienced this in the same way since like sleep training where we tried to, you know, do let them cry in the bathroom. Yeah, 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 exactly. Hours. You know, we never got to the point where we had to do it for like long periods of time, but even like five minutes of just listening to your baby cry, um, so that you can get them in the mode where they're comfortable being alone in their crib. And now um, I'm finding myself, you know, going back to that place where I have to, like, be with her and, and hear her cry or even literally peel her off of me as she's screaming for me. Right. You know, and give her to a teacher and, like, walk away. Right. <laughs> and it's it's hard. Like, I know, I totally know logically it's the right thing to do and that she's going to be totally fine. Um, and I know she doesn't have a control over her emotions in the same way that I you know, sometimes do <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> um, but it's still really hard and it hurts. It yeah. really does. You know, it does uh, uh, tremendously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I mean, Jude still, you know, it, even now in kindergarten, well, going into first grade, but you know, in kindergarten, he would feel that way a lot in the mornings, you know, and he would feel apprehensive or he would feel like, I don't want to go to school or like, I don't want to, you know, see so-and-so. And, um, it's hard cause it, 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 it doesn't like, go away you know yeah i mean it felt like that when i went to college yeah i felt like that plenty in high school like just feeling like man i just want to like stay home and be somewhere i feel really safe and secure that's it the security and like i know i know i'm gonna be okay and i know what i want to do like i don't i don't want to go to school and take classes that i don't care about with new kids that i don't i mean i'm feeling that now a little bit because i'm in a new job here yes i was just gonna say jobs same thing it's funny like you know you and i have been at this at this organization for almost a decade at this point which is fucking crazy because we're only 20 years old for those who don't know it's <laughs> um, but I'm I'm in a totally new division of it now, and and I'm in meetings like every day with people that I I you know I, it's not like I don't know them, but of I've course. never worked with them before, and yeah. I feel like really nervous, and, yeah. I, and I'm and I'm being honest about that. And some of those people are listening to this very podcast right now. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel that same sense that I know our kids feel. Yeah, because I'm walking in there and I'm like I'm you know what if I'm not smart enough or I don't know enough or what if I'm just like awkward and I screw the vibe and the team up. Or like, what if I come in there with all these like assumptions and people think I'm like somebody that I'm not, like you only get one chance to make a first impression. And it's, <laughs> and it's crazy that like I still, 
because like it That's just human, just like yeah. it is with the kids like it, it's not going to actually mean anything like they all know me they're all fine like it doesn't matter right but but i mean and with the kids like it's you know when they go to a school for the first time they don't they, the kids who are already there that day don't know each other either i mean it's a totally level playing field right and it's just a chance to just sort of be yourself and meet people and it's just it's just scary and it's just like a part of life and it's i think a, yeah. to equip people as they grow up to deal with it productively that's i think it's like it's good to expose them to it yeah you know? and to be okay with, with it right yeah. i like i think uh, i at least spent a good portion of my life um in a space where that didn't feel okay mm-hmm. you know it's like feeling all those things whether it's a new job or you know i did a lot of freelance work so like getting involved you know then you're more quickly taking on new projects and you have to go through that cycle again where it's like am i good enough for this um, so the social dynamics are part of it, but also just like getting into any new thing, there's a nervousness and an anxiety around it. Um, and for a while that feels like, you know, that's bad. That's not productive. Like I should be thinking about this in a more positive way. But the reality is, at least from my perspective, I think, I think that is good. It's, it's productive and it's using that energy, um, and acknowledging it, but also, uh, you know, I guess positively channeling it or something like that you know i think mm-hmm. of like public speaking as an example where it literally ranks higher than um fear of death in uh surveys <laughs> yeah people are so afraid of public speaking um and and i remember you know taking classes around that and it's like uh everyone has the anxiety everyone is scared and nervous mm-hmm. right but it's like that energy is is good like you can actually use that yes um and i think similarly when you put yourself out there in new situations you should expect that it's going to be scary and you know nerve-wracking and all that's that the stuff. default yeah right yeah and, and that's the okay for everybody you know that's right um i mean i've been performing since i was seven and i still when i got on stage i always feel like i want to throw up yeah you know and yeah it, be, fucking beyonce says that too like everybody feels that way exactly i'm, I'm just as good as beyonce is what i'm trying to get at yeah like, you performed I, with her I'm since basically the, seven, well right? yeah she's open for me number a number of times um good for her uh <laughs> no i feel like it, it's something that just doesn't, it doesn't career. go away <laughs> right and I think that if you can uh, help acclimate kids to this idea early on, yeah. because like to me, there has never been a time, especially with public speaking, where I have been, um, where I've started doing it and regretted it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, same thing with performing. There's been maybe a couple of times where I felt kind of underprepared <laughs> for something, but in general, sure. like you get out there and you're in the moment and that same adrenaline that you were feeling that was fear becomes transmutated into action. You yes. Know? Yeah. And I think like helping kids realize that and helping them know that like the way you feel now is like okay and everybody else feels that way too yeah. but watch in an hour and you're going to feel different about it and you're going to feel happy you know i think well i would say i would want i totally maybe not I, happy well but. i agree with what you're saying i guess the the uh, uh caveat or maybe add-on i would say there is um sometimes you won't be sometimes yeah. sometimes right, you might right, fail right. and that's right. okay too like putting yourself i mean it might be nice as you know someone like patrick green to entertain on a hundred percent super level, bowls you know you've yeah. never failed right no, i've never failed. but for us common folk yes humans. um our batting average might not be quite so high and that's okay too yeah. you know it's like i think i at least want to be able to impart that with grace where it's like yeah some days at school you're probably not gonna you know you might mm-hmm. fail i don't know what that would even mean in in preschool but <laughs> <laughs> um you know some days suck and like we're not all. We're all imperfect human beings, or you could say we're all perfect in our imperfection, or whatever cheesy line you right. want to use. I don't know. I'll just go with we're imperfect, okay? Because let's be honest, we're all a bunch of idiots. Exactly. We're all just winging it. We're all just winging um, it. And so I, I just think that part of it too is is you know just coming to terms with that. Um, and kids the, remember that. At the end of the day, it's about putting yourself out there. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just want that to be okay, and sometimes it'll work, and sometimes you fail. But mm-hmm. like that's the only way to really experience life yeah 
Like even Fully. something as simple as like the other night Jude forgot to flush the toilet and he was very tired and he was like mortified for some reason. He was yeah. like crying because he was embarrassed about it, which oh. was like great because didn't, I didn't bring it up like angry, but I was like, who's the last one that pooped? Yeah. Looking at Micah thinking like, oh, I caught Micah, not, you know, <laughs> and it was like a big dump. How you know? dare you? And Jude was crying and I was like, oh my God, it was him. And then, uh, and then I was realizing, um, okay, so A, I wanted to validate the way that he feels because it is real. Yeah. Right? Even if it's irrational because he's tired, like I don't want to lead with that. And right. I do that way too much. I need, I need to work on that. When they're tired and they're acting irrationally, I call that out and I should not do that. Yeah, it's tough. I do that all the time. Or I, hungry. That's I need, the other Or one. hungry, right? Yeah, I, need to yeah. stop, I need to stop doing that because it doesn't help anything. But also, like, I, I immediately told him, like, about when I haven't flushed the toilet and I was embarrassed about it and made it kind of a joke out of yeah. it. And I was like, what if we all just forgot to flush the toilet and, like, our house just had poop in every toilet? And we started, like, laughing about it. Yeah. But the idea was, like, I tried to jump on that quickly so that he didn't feel like I was demonizing him for doing something of that's course. totally normal and human. You of know, course, yeah. And making something fun out of it without making fun of him. Yes. But, man, it is, it is so tough. But he's, you know... There have been interactions where he's had with people where he's brought them up to me when he's gotten home and he's reminded me of stories that I had that I've told him about with bullies and things like that in mm-hmm. the past and how I've dealt with it. And I'm like, wow, he really does. They do listen to these things. Yeah. They, they rem- and they remember that they're not alone in that experience, right? That's right. And that's key. The biggest problem we have as humans, I think, and I'm about to generalize the fuck out of this conversation, <laughs> is that we become so entrapped in like the kingdom of our mind, of our individual subjective experience of the world. Completely. That we forget that there were other subjective experiences as well. That's right. And that and that what we perceive is not the whole picture, right? No. Everybody it's else very little of it. <laughs> it's it's almost nothing in yeah, it, right? Yeah. Although it counts. Oh, of course, right. But everybody else is going through these things too from their own angles and we're never alone in any yeah. real sense and that's like I think a really important and the same is true of parenting which would be a good transition but you know we won't actually transition hey I can I can derail the fuck out of this Um, and do a quick congratulations do it yeah is that cool absolutely so so Connor Murdoch who's a longtime listener and a really good friend of mine uh, and his uh, lovely wife Michelle just welcomed a daughter Merida Faith Murdoch into the world over there in Scotland so congratulations guys she's adorable congrats Murdoch and um Murdoch Connor Murdoch 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 the faith Murdoch that's good can't wait to see her grow up and uh, I hope she's just as nerdy and awesome as her Uh, that's awesome Um, I should also I should have thought oh are you keep keep going I didn't mean to cut you off well I want to also congratulate my sister-in-law who technically at the moment of recording this has not Ah! at least to my knowledge um, delivered their new baby but having um, seen her about 24 hours ago, I can confirm that she's coming. very close to it. Yeah. Sarah and Dennis, um, by the time this comes out, I feel like it's pretty likely. Maybe this is a bad thing. I'm not supposed to actually do this because then it's going to like put out some, I don't know, curse the baby or something. <laughs> um, if you believe in that stuff. Why does she have wings? Yeah. Like they didn't used to have showers, right? Like some people still frown upon the idea of a shower before the baby's really? born. Really? It's like yeah. a curse. Well, it's a superstitious thing. We'll say it's like, a curse. Yeah, it's a curse. Yeah, it's a curse. So, uh, so hopefully this isn't putting a curse on your baby. <laughs> but um, I am thinking that you'll you'll have had the baby by then. So, uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope, hope it went great. Oh man, um, we had such a fun conversation. We had a fun conversation, and yeah. I wanted to share that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please it's do. Some of the one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. Yeah. Which hey, is before you get into it, I just want to say so. so the context of this conversation yeah. was at at Grace's birthday party, which That's was right. a lot of fun because you guys do a great job hosting. Really, you just do a bang-up job with hosting kids' birthday parties. We've just really done... We have a template now for hosting it, and we it just, just follow works. it. It just works. It just works, It just works, Every right? time. But yeah. I, I wanted to say the mulch looked 
fantastic. Did you see? The I sp- mulch was terrific. Did you see I know it? you cleaned it up for me. Yeah. And I actually yelled at you from the other side of your yeah. enormous yard. I was like, John, the mulch is amazing. And you didn't hear me. I mean, but it's like, like 10 all acres long, around, to be fair. Like, you know. like, who invited the guy with the fucking I couldn't even see. You were just a speck That's true. in my lawn at on, that point. On the, on the top of the mulch mountain. Yeah, the yeah. mulch mountain. No, but seriously, great job with that. Um, and, and go ahead. <laughs> always mulching. Yeah. There were three bags of mulch out in the front next to the garage. And I thought about telling you it was a favor, a party favor for you. You know, like I'm giving <laughs> bags of mulch. I'm talking like heavy bags, you know. Right. Put a little bow on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're a mulching family. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this is one, hopefully, uh, this should be like a new segment. I don't even know what it would be called. But anyway, Bizarro. We'll call it Derek. Derek. Um, so we learned this story from, from um, Sarah and Dennis about how there is in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. A famous... Uh, I don't even know what to call the place, but they have a cream cheese that apparently induces labor. It's a famous patisserie. And it's become this like, you know, they. I, I'm imagining the whole business is built on this this premise. And they, they sell like a $3 thing of cream cheese that you get with a bib. Do you remember what the bib said? Uh, it was so it, funny. It, I think it advertised for their business, right? And it said like, my mommy ate at Eric's La Patisserie or something like that. It was funnier than... It, it has the, it those words, but that. it was yeah. funnier. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but it just wasn't like bullshit. Yeah, right. And so their claim to fame is that their cream cheese induces labor. Right. And uh, so, so I, that was just fascinating to me. Eric's La Patisserie, I think it's called. Yeah, Eric, or, or as Worcester. I like to call it, Eric's La Patosinerie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and there's just so much about that that's bizarre. I mean, the idea, first of all, you know, there's all these theories about different foods that might induce labor, like you know, spicy stuff, all that kind of thing. What was the one that Bethany and Micah both had? They were discussing it. That's right. By that point, I was kind of like zoning out because our children knew. were jumping off of cliffs in the backyard. They both th- knew that raspberry it- tea, yes. raspberry leaf tea. It was a tea. Yes, That's it was right. Raspberry leaf tea, and they rub it on their stomachs. <laughs> Is that what it was? Apparently, yeah. Oh, I was I like, didn't Micah, know that, that part. sounds like the weirdest fucking ritual. Yeah. She's like, "Well, I did it." I'm like, "Okay." Well, I did it. <laughs> and we did have. I think it was Henry that time. This the day after that. Yeah, it was I mean, because that's the thing. Who knows? People are having these things like when they're close to their due date. Right. So it's like you're gonna have a baby. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. So there's that. Right. Um, so I did a little bit of follow up, extensive research as we do on this show. Yes. Uh, literally 30 seconds before um, we started recording, I Googled it. Yep. And I read a Globe, Boston Globe article. I didn't read it, I skimmed it. You memorized it. Um, but even in that process, that thorough investigation, team of reporters, hard hitting investigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spotlight series. It turned out this reporter needed to know the answer, right? Is this place actually um, inducing labor? And this was in the Globe. It was it's in like the Globe. It's like a big paper. This is. is a serious thing. So that yeah. it's really risen to this level. And I should probably. Um, Thankfully, we have a team of lawyers who will defend us in court after I, I say right. this. They're because, on fourth seven hundred forty-two. Because Eric's law patisserie, I imagine their whole business could come crumbling if after the what I'm about to say. The Empire of Patosin, yeah. yeah. So you kind of know where it's going. So the Globe did find someone who was due to have a baby over the next few days or something, okay. and they followed her. And they like, I think they even went to a doctor appointment because you know they had to really make sure. This wow. Was, yeah. And uh, and then they they got the cream cheese. And, you know, she, they were kind of like with her. Um, it's like an ethnographical study or something. <laughs> and then, they're just like living there in their basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then she even did some of the like things you're supposed to do, like walking a lot and stuff that's uh-huh. supposed to get it going. And uh, bottom line is it turned out that it d- d- didn't do shit. Right. And uh, then they, she had some Pitocin um, at the at Brigham and Women's in Boston and that, that did the trick. Right. And then after the you know, the reporter asked her, like, do you think the cream cheese had anything to do with it? And she said, Absolutely not. <laughs> really? Yes. 
So, so there you go. I mean, if you, you know, Google it, go there. I mean, if you're desperate. Well, I mean, there's a problem. You need to have a control group. Like, to me, that's not really experimentally sound, right? If you really want that's to do fair. this right, get a yeah. control, get, get 100 participants. I mean, come on. Let's right? be honest. The thing, the cream cheese doesn't fucking induce labor. You never, I mean, you never know. No, right? I do. You I do. I do. <laughs> no, and, but I, here's, who knows? I, power to them. And honestly, it makes me want, to Eric? I, in my fallback We should career, get Eric on the show. We should get Eric on the show. In my fallback career, I want to start a business that is built on this premise. It could literally sell anything. Yeah. And it we could just we could market it as it's induced labor before. We'll mm-hmm. just, you know, we'll give out some to uh, moms to be. They'll start blogging about it cuz they'll say, "Oh yeah, I use this and a day later I had a baby. Maybe right. there's a connection." The mommy blog is a very powerful tool. It'll go tool. viral. Go viral. And you can build a whole business on this. Yes. And then no matter what, it will inform the way people think the, you know, it doesn't matter if there's a trend or not. That's all right? you have to do. Because pregnant women know will start going right there. Now, what what I was saying the, the other day, exactly. It yeah. doesn't matter what the news is real. No. What I was saying the other day was like, you know, what if uh, on Saturday, what if I, uh, you know, what if I go there? And yeah. I give birth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then I'll fucking, then I will wear that bin. Okay? <laughs> that place will If I go there and I have fallopian tubes all of a sudden, uh-huh. that would be uh, weird. But, you know, I would, I, I would really definitely weird. advertise for the business. Yeah. Yeah. So we should probably transition now to the actual topic, huh? Yeah, we should. But I didn't even fucking talk about the Festival of Shark Week. Oh, God. You know what? Let, you're, let me, you're let me, let me just, in Shark. I know. Let, let me just give you a, a one paragraph summary that will only last two hours. Okay. <laughs> it's so, a long paragraph. So this is, once again, it is time for the Festival of Shark Week. So, yeah. Micah. These are back to back festivals. Just turn this off. Yeah, yeah, right. There's, this is. Uh, That's yeah. never been done before. Well, no. You know, the, the, the problem was the, the first festival got pushed back quite a yeah. bit. So, but, but this one is tied to the you know, Discovery of Channel. So we have to do it. It has to be this week. And this was something that, you know, it's been very. Uh, the kids have been looking forward to it. Couldn't miss the opportunity. And it is fucking going great so far, but I wanted to share a really brief story. It started last <laughs> night. Yeah. So uh, so we had a very busy weekend, as you know, a lot of birthday parties, went to Boston, did a lot of other stuff. Um, and we came back last night and the kids both like totally passed out like really hard. And it was like four in the afternoon, which is to me like so problematic because when they really, <laughs> if, if they haven't, if they needed a nap, but they haven't taken one yeah. and then they both just go fucking stone cold out at four o'clock. That's a problem. Then, cause, cause you're not going to, they're not going to go to bed for you're the night, have a bad night, but like it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was just as, it was just what you're imagining it to be, <laughs> but they were like really out. So, you know, I gave them a while and I was like, well, why don't we have what's a while? How long did you give them? And about an hour and 10 okay, minutes. Okay. Yeah. It was like, a, it was <laughs> a real nap. Yeah. Minutes, well, yeah. it was an hour, and then the ten minutes were part of the overhang. Yes, of course. So, um, so I was like, you know, like, let's kind of like pregame this a little bit because they had been excited about it, but they didn't. You know, I don't think it was really registering that it was happening. So I was yeah. like, I'll, I will plant a note. Micah, don't play this in the ground. <laughs> I will plant a note in the mailbox from the Shark Lords Herald, who is Lumpy. It's Lumpy Larry the Lair, the Lamprey, who of is course, coming yeah. ahead Lumpy of time with with yeah. good tidings of great joy and a, a packet of temporary tattoos to kind of set the stage. <laughs> Announcing the festival starts tomorrow, which is today as we're recording. What if you're this. like tired, your exhausted brain just confused things and accidentally wrote it, like signed it Spider Man or something? <laughs> what would happen? They would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Um, so, like, so, you know, I, I did this like little pre letter, but I needed to have a ruse to get them to go check the mail outside. So yeah. while they were asleep, I was like kind of walking around. I was thinking, Micah, who was doing work and being productive at the time, was like staring at me. She's like, what is he going to do? <laughs> You've got a chalkboard. I have a chalkboard. You know, I have many vials with like weird experiments going yep. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I, I remembered that my sister years ago had gotten me this fart spray gag gift, 
which there you go. is the That's worst the thing you can get me because I will fucking abuse that some and I have through the years but oh, we never no. use it because it is too it is too pungent like if oh, you do more than be. one spray it, it I mean it will make you throw up and it doesn't smell like farts it smells like rotting flesh or something <laughs> it smells terrible and so I was like well maybe I'll do like a little tiny spray up in the air and then oh, when no. they wake up I'll be like hey do you smell the ocean because sometimes when the tide goes out you know like it you know it smells, it smells like rotting flesh it smells like like, like a killing field <laughs> Maybe not a killing like dead whale. It smells disgusting, like a dead whale, right? Yeah, yeah But sure. I was trying to go for verisimilitude. You know me; I like to go above and beyond. You know, so I, oh my God. so I did like a little spray above their heads, and then they started waking up, and they both started crying. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I was like, "Do you smell the so water?" Wait a minute, and she wait was a like, minute. Dad! You, so you did a spray, and then did you just wait to see what would happen, or then you woke them up? I woke them up they, they, again. They were they were like REM sleeping, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And w- the whole problem is that I woke them up before the smell had propagated enough, and oh. also before they were ready to wake up, and they were really sleep yeah so they wake up and all they smell is like the slight shit on the on the air and they're just like miserable and jude's like and, and i had this whole thing where like if you cause, oh, no. you know thinking about the um the polar express the whole thing is like if you can hear the bell then like you still believe you yeah know? yeah so i was like if you can smell the sea you still believe oh, that's what i said God. as i looked up and jude was like i don't smell it i just smell poop <laughs> <laughs> like starts screaming because oh, no. he was t- still asleep yeah functionally yeah you know? So I'm like, okay, go back to bed. And they're both like miserable. And then they find out they kind of like pass back out. And then I'm like walking around. I'm like, okay, so, you know, so I go. So the smell just didn't do anything. They no. So then I was like, well, out. I didn't do enough of it. Oh, no. So then I started like spraying it all over the hallway You're and shit. Awful. I know. But I was like, you know, I was like, I'm not going to half ass this. You know me, right? Yep. So then they wake you up. doubled and down they... <laughs> on something that failed to begin <laughs> yeah, I with. I did. That's how I, that's my role. So they wake up coughing. Oh, no. But they can smell it. <laughs> like for real like they, they don't just think I farted like they smell like that this is clearly like something has changed but in the environment of course right? yeah, everything dramatically. smells horrible but did they associate it with the ocean well they did as I started talking about it uh-huh. and then holy shit it was like my biggest stroke of dumb genius really? I've ever had because it was like real I mean the whole everything smelled different right? yeah yeah everything smelled like quote unquote the ocean <laughs> it was fart spray but like but jude was like really into it and he was like oh my god we missed him like we're in there they were like looking all over the place because if you think about it you know you can do gag you know visual gifts and things oh, like that man, you, know, you can jump dress up you in a tap costume. into your olfactory senses, that's a very powerful, that is powerful. sense right mm-hmm. and i was explaining oh the, you know that must be like the tide of like the, the smell of the tide when it's out so we go out to the mailbox. They're waking up. They're like into it now. And we get the note. And and writing the note, I forgot how much fun the Shark Lord's voice is because yeah. it's like totally different from, you know, when I write Spider-Man's voice, I'm writing it like <laughs> Spider-Man. But of the course. Shark Lord has all these like conventions that he talks about. He has heralds, you know, yeah, he yeah, uses yeah, yeah. this sort of like antiquated speech. And um, and immediately they like recognized his voice, which was so cool. You know, the handwriting was obviously very different. And yeah. And um and they felt like they were like like their old friends were back. Do you a whole sign gang it with like a characters. flipper? Like how do you? Do it? <laughs> I, I signed it by taking by using scissors and chopping the quarter out. Ah, so look, that's like his little nice. sign off. Yep. Yeah. So um and I don't know what it was, but this year, like last year, it was sort of it was fun for them, but it wasn't this like kind of like hysteria. Yeah. But this year, like they're so fucking on board with it. And um today Jude like made a like a fucking altar for it, which was a little An weird. Altar. Yeah, like the, so they repurposed their Hot Wheels table, they put the cover back on it, and then they started gathering all the shark things that we have. And there's just meat, you know. Just just meat just chum. Yeah, just blood. Chum, that's yeah, the word chum. I couldn't think of. And uh and so they, they and then they're they're drawing all their favorite sharks all throughout the day and they're gonna put them on the window Aww. so they can make a little thing that will face out our back door so that when the shark people come and visit they can like see that this is like the right house that's adorable and they're so excited about and it and terrifying and, and, and horrifying and um 
I, I'm just I'm remembering how much fun this is because yeah. now the whole rest of the week, you know, and I got all the presents and everything. It was like thirty bucks for everything total. It was not a big lift, and the activities are super simple. And this whole week, we're going to have a little adventure every single night, and and it stays with them apparently because this is the second year we're doing it, and they remember it really well. So man, I just great. love it's it's fun to think about what is like they're really imagining these shark. What are they called? Shark people are coming. Well, it's a shark kingdom. Yeah, so there are various members of the shark kingdom who all have names. <laughs> so in their brain, yeah. these are actual like shark, like half shark, half people. Yeah, well, so the last thing last year, it's okay if you don't remember this, was the shark lord had visited a week later with one final gift. Yes. And it was a figurine of uh-huh. a mutant shark pirate that I had found uh... by this like German company that makes really nice little figurines. Yeah. And, um, and he wanted them to have like a little statue of himself to put up. So they remembered like what he looks like, and it was like a token, basically. So and they so could it, hold it, it is or, like a half shark, half man. Yeah, it's, it's like a shark with like legs, who's a pirate, and he's a buccaneer, and he's yeah, got yeah, like yeah. Cool, cool knife and, and everything. And so they're he literally awesome. imagining these these shark humanoid yeah. things yeah. that are coming by. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, when they're on land, I, I mean, so so they also they have a like a little thing in their closet that's got these decals on it that was supposed to be like a representation of the shark yeah, underwater, yeah. and they're swimming in the water. But when they come on land, yeah. they transform into these like half you know shark. Do they have people. arms and hands? Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. how they can write. Yeah, all right. They're it very fucking up. cool. I, I gotta say, scientifically. And remember, there's a whole there was the porpoise kingdom that was like giving them IT support when they were having issues <laughs> delivering. Like this this whole like mythology, it's amazing. But what I love is that when, someday we'll look back on this and we'll have this whole story to tell. Yeah, you know? and I hope they do it with their kids too because it's great. Even if Shark Week's not like a Discovery Channel thing by that point, which right. it probably will be because it's fucking. Juggernaut. I mean, at this point, it's but keeping Discovery Channel like, it alive. Is. They're right? getting all of their shit. This is their inducing labor, first, cream cheese inducing labor. This is their pitocin. Yeah. yeah. So actually, that is a really good transition. I think to what I wanted to make sure we talk about. We both had a follow-up conversation after last time um, where I, I, you know, I hear ideas like this, right? And of course, you know, you said in the last one, you don't do it every day. Um, but of course, you. it turns out you do actually. Well, this, this month I've these. been doing it most, <laughs> most days. Because I pointed out how, you know, it feels like there's a lot of um, pressure on us as parents to engage our kids naturally as there should be right like part Mm -hmm. of our job is to engage them in life (laughs) in education and entertainment and everything it's like you know that's part of our role and and oftentimes you might see other parents do certain things even just when we're out where i'm like oh i should you know i should i wish i could check in more with my kids and do that because i feel like so much of my parenting is i'm cooking while trying to also do something else or you know like my Mm -hmm. attention gets split and then um you know, we were talking about there's this idea also behind it of, of kind of staying motivated as a parent um, that can be a little tricky because you kind of fall into certain routines that you, you know, for me, like I want to be clear. I mean, I think I think routine is good and structure is good. I'm definitely, you know, on the sort of spectrum of structured, unstructured. I'm more on the structured side in terms right. of like, you know, and I think that's good. Kids obviously need that in school and in other places. Um, to help sort of build consistency into their lives and all. But there's also a danger in becoming so structured and so scheduled that like you just kind of get into, I don't know, rut might be a strong word, but um, you don't necessarily, you know, engage kids in ways that are uh, bringing more meaning into their lives and yours. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. And so I really appreciate you bringing up these ideas because, I mean, hopefully other people hear them too and, think, oh, that'd be interesting if I tried out maybe, you know, maybe a version that was a little, a tad more tame, but... Maybe not quite as much fart spray. <laughs> maybe not the full-ass version, right. but it's fun to think about new ideas, because, like, you know, as much as... Here's what often happens. I'll plan a vacation or maybe want to introduce a new thing to my kid, and maybe I'll even read about it if it's, like, you know, something I'm really going to 
and inevitably when we when we look for other um, sort of crowdsourced things, right, or even when we look for recipes as another example, you gravitate towards the ones that everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And there's this inevitable thing that happens where, you know, we're all kind of like doing similar things as parents. It's the social pressure of it. And there's only so many activities you do, right? There's, there's like reading books and there's playing a game or watching a TV or whatever. And so I feel like I'm really rambling right now. But my point is, in hearing something like what you just described, I hear a totally fresh perspective and something that's kind of new and fun that you can introduce. Um, And I hear something that, you know, it'd be kind of fun to try, but also part of me is like, am I really going to do that? Like, Mm -hmm. I have the security of my my usual set of activities. And that sounds to me like it's going to take a lot of of work to plan and to actually do. Well, let me. Uh, there's two things I want to mention. So I want to yeah, unpack. Stop I want to talking. I want. <laughs> that wasn't even, I just talked about Shark Week for 20 minutes. You're That's fine. true. I talked so long that there's a little behind the scenes for you. We ran out of space on the memory card. That and is John true. Had to switch. So, so you'll notice I all of a sudden sound like I remember what I was talking can about. Claim that now. Yes, yes. See if you can find. I'm the spot owning this fourth email wall moment. If you, <laughs> yeah, right. If you right. tell us the right spot minute that we did that, um, you'll get nothing. You'll get, but, but but we will we will definitely read that email. We'll read the email and maybe well, John even will. say your name live on air. <laughs> maybe but mispronounce. We won't say <laughs> Which it you right. Always wanted. But we'll say it. So there's two things I want to unpack. In a Scottish accent. Yeah, Scottish. So I want to unpack. I want to unpack uh, the question of like you know would I, which you brought up there at the end. But before I do, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the differences in personalities of children and parents and different parents and different children, and about how I think that. This is not like me doing this. Mm-hmm. It's 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 specifically the type of household we live in, which is mm. not just my ideas about it or Micah's ideas about it. Yeah. It's that like our family dynamic personality does well with this sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Your like, team this culture. Is, yeah, yeah. Our team <laughs> culture is very much like this. Yeah. Like I, I think because other people have mentioned this to me too. You know, they're like, wow, my, my kids like do not. I mean, it's like so our kids are great on road trips. Yeah. I know most people's kids hate that shit. Right. 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 For some reason, that's something that we do pretty well. So, like, that's something we try to do a lot of because it speaks to, like, a strength that we have. We can drive places instead of flying and we can find opportunities for fun, just like the, the adventure episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, another strength that we have, I think, is trying to be creative and kind of outside the box and spontaneous. And so uh, that's something that the kids just respond well to. So, like, we try to do a lot with that, which is where this comes from. Right. But I'll also say that it's important when you make assumptions it sounds like I'm like scolding you, but I'm not. Uh, no, no, I, this is good. <laughs> no, but it's it's important because I have these thoughts too. When I see other parents doing things that I feel not jealous of, but I feel like, why can't I do that too? Or like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, or even sometimes it's like, oh, that's I should try that out. You know, it right. doesn't always. I mean, oftentimes you're right. It is a feeling of like, oh, maybe I should be doing better in that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, right? Because we put that pressure on ourselves, right? I mean, that's that's we human do. nature. We do. And yeah. but for this example specifically, I'm talking about being kind of regretful that like I hadn't thought of this. Yes. Or, or thinking like, what does that say about me as a parent for whatever reason? That I'm shitty. Yeah. That I'm a, sh- a piece yeah. of shit. That's what I hear when mostly when I hear you talk about what you do. That's why well, I, like, I do talk I about shit a lot parent. too, which helps yeah, reinforce that. <laughs> that. I think. Um, I think uh, when I, I what something that I don't think about is the background. So remember we were talking about the whole you know like getting trapped inside your own your own subjective view of the world and kind yeah. of assuming that's the way it is for everybody so the reason why we do this stuff in the summertime other than the fact that shark week happens in the summertime is because we can't afford to send jude to camp yeah that's the truth yeah right like jude needs a lot of stimulus he's a really active kid he really mm-hmm. loves doing different things and we can't afford the cost of sending him to mm. a, a huge camp program yeah and we want to he wants us to and and, and so instead of framing it as Sorry, you know, your mother's in school, your dad works for a nonprofit and sings and shit. And like, you know, we don't have, we don't <laughs> have, and and it does all these artistic things. We don't have a lot of extra money that we can't 
that we can spend on this now because we're trying to put it aside right. for your future for all these various things. We're trying to keep a roof over our heads, et cetera. I'm not going to like get into that with the kids, but if we can reframe it mm. as, well, we have all these other plans. Yeah. Let's try to do that and have that same kind of experiential summertime mm. um, that would address what he's looking for without framing it negatively as in like you can't do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so that's something that I feel like people listening to me talk about these festivals might not be necessarily thinking of. Yeah. No, I think you're so right about that. And right? there's, there is, never know. there is a lesson about assumptions there, right? Because yeah. we do, we, we, inevitably when we see different things or talk to people about you know their method of parenting or whatever we just layer in assumptions about all of it right about why they're doing it and why they're not and judgments and and likewise i mean you know i I experienced this yesterday because we went to or on saturday because the first birthday party we went to was at a gymnastics place Mm -hmm. jude loves gymnastics that was the first like sort of extracurricular lessons that he took when he was really little was like a tumbling class right and he wants to take gymnastics lessons again we can't afford to do that in karate yeah you know i mean karate is hundreds of dollars every month right and um and I and most of his friends, most of the people who live in our area, can take as many lessons as they want. They don't. They don't. Money's not a big deal for them, yeah, right? Yeah. But it is because of our life situation right now. You know, we have to be specific with that. Of course. And so, uh, so that's something that I I'm up against all the time. You know, is 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 I feel like an inadequate parent sometimes mm. because I can't. I mean, I had those opportunities when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, my my dad was a doctor. My mom's a nurse. They they had me older than we had our kids. Yeah. Like they were just in a different life situation, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I mean, I took piano lessons because they were like, well, he can afford to do different things. Let's try it out and see what what sticks, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, I feel inadequate about all the time, mm. all the, especially with, with my own my own family, because I realize that I'm not able to provide that sort of experience for the kids purely because of money, yeah. But also because like I just don't. Um, no, it's it's money. <laughs> it's because yeah. of, it's because of money, right? So we I, all I, feel we all feel that in different ways. I totally, think. totally. I I think back to our episode on the power of limitation, and how often I feel like I'm. There's a part of me that's a little glad that I I can't. Uh, this isn't pejorative, but to, to spoil my kids, <laughs> um, or that I I can't just like do whatever they might want. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's camp or a certain product or whatever, because. If that were true, and that's how you're raised, as much as there are really good intentions with parents, and by the way, not all parents who can afford to do all those things just do all of those things, you right. know, so I don't want to just paint that with a broad brush or whatever, a broad stroke, is that, yeah, but anyway. Just stroke it. Am I having a stroke? Yeah, just I don't stroke know. it broadly. <laughs> but I think that a kid who is able to get whatever they want in that way can be really dangerous, and, and, and if anything, for me... Um, you know, my background, I have a different experience in terms of my parents, and they really couldn't afford to send me to most things. Um, you know, they did what they could and certainly prioritized that over, like, stuff for themselves. So I definitely took different classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, you know, the, uh, looking back, I, I, there was, I was limited um, by how much money, you know, we had to be able to do stuff. Whereas now, um, not that I'm, like, rolling in dough. <laughs> right. But, you know, Bethany and I are, are lucky to both have careers and um have gone to school which both neither of my parents did mm-hmm. went to college and so we you know make more than our parents did yeah and therefore can do more but i try to be mindful of the fact that like so much of my memories as a kid is is just being home with my parents and like all the stuff that you can't really pay for and right. buy you know and so you know if anything for me it's like i don't want to overdo how much i put them into structured programs or classes or this and that because i feel like um so much of our lives is about the relationships that we have and like our family unit and really um, engaging deeply with each other. I don't know. So 
it, that's such an interesting balance, right? Because the, there's there's a I guess there is a balance there. There always is a balance. Um, and like you said, you know, we go into it with all these assumptions about why people do certain things. On the flip side, some people um, have to send their kids to camps or other things that are more affordable because they have to work, even mm-hmm. though they don't necessarily want to work. You know, so like there's just so many situations and. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really good aspect to this. And I think, you know, connecting back to this idea of staying motivated and engaged as a parent, um, maybe that limit, the power of limitation in this sense is that you, your conditions do sort of um, define some of this for you, the ways that you engage your kids and sort of like how you, I don't know where I'm going with that. Well, it There's contextualizes of just it, right? it, even with that, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it gives you, it gives you parameters to think through, yeah, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. For example, if we decide that we want to send our kids to do more structured activities that, like, at the moment we can't pay for, but we will be able to next year when Mike is out of school, like, things like that. Yeah. Those, those like, we're looking at it now from a place of planning ahead and thinking, like, well, what could we do that would be informed by stuff we're doing now that wouldn't be replacing it or wouldn't be spoiling the kids? Right. Because we don't have it, but we're aware of it and we're, and we're thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas, but there, there are probably also parents who who do send their kids to do tons of structured things, but wish they had more time with them at home. Right. And seeing things that we're doing in this context might help them realize like, oh yeah, that's right. Like maybe instead of signing them up for like this course or something, maybe we can like take three weeks at home and like not go off and do stuff or maybe take a family trip. Yeah. I feel like, again, like it always is, it's just winging it and it's just paying attention, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And I also think something that I wanted to to bring up briefly that has helped me a lot personally because I, I I am horrible at relaxing. Like, oh, it's yeah. just not, I can relate just to that not one. the way that I'm built, you know? <laughs> um, even, and, and when I do, I feel guilty about it and I get really kind of like antsy. And it sucks because I would love to take a long vacation and just, just hang out and not. But I, I that's But not would you? Because that's the thing. For me, I ask myself that question because I always feel like I would love that and like in the hypothetical. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the fact that I never actually do, maybe it's just the way that I'm meant to, you know, maybe. This right. I, this notion of relaxing is maybe a, just a kind of a mythical thing. Maybe it's illusory, right? I don't know. Yeah, no, you, but that, that's that's a good point too. But I I do think that I would I would like to know what it feels like to just really just <laughs> yeah. not do anything and just yeah. just chill out and not have any like overhanging thoughts, which might not even be a thing anybody ever gets to. Yeah. But it would be nice to like meditate more and to get more peace. That's where true. I can feel like I can really just let go of things and just chill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like I realize that. The kids need time like that because the kids aren't living as an adult with a million commitments to go. Like, And, and they do need space to just not be doing things and yes. not being told what to do and et cetera. And I feel like I have gone too much in the direction of what I'm talking about in this episode, which is being hyper-motivated as a parent mm. to try to be creative and think outside the box and things like that. And sometimes the kids really just want to just chill. Yeah. And, um, and even in those times of chilling, they will sometimes look to me – and sometimes to Micah, but because I'm the one who drives a lot of that crazy <laughs> shit, like they'll look to me for like, what are we supposed to do now? Yeah. And those are always check-in moments for me where I'm like, okay, I need to like back off. So two totally weeks ago, agree. we had a weekend where, or the weekend before this past weekend, where we just did not do anything. Mm-hmm. Like we had like one plan and we just like asked if we could reschedule That's it. That's a big deal for you. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And we were just at home and that was it. We didn't get dressed on Saturday. <laughs> Like, we just fucking just did nothing. And, and like, they played, like, a lot of video games. Like, yep. we went into the racing room, and we just played old Sega games for oh, a long time. That sounds wonderful. And and every time they would ask me, like, what am I supposed to do? Or, like, you know, they wouldn't say it like that, but they'd be like, what should we do now? Yeah. Um, I'd be like, I don't know. 
I'm reading, you know, or I'm playing with something. You yeah. know? And I just go sit with them and they, let them do what they want to <laughs> go do. Go figure it out. <laughs> go, go do it. <laughs> no, I think there's so much to that for sure. I mean, I think, you know, there's definitely articles that I've read about this too in terms of like letting your kids be bored mm-hmm. and how good yeah, of a thing that so is. It's so important. Um, because I deal with it too with Grace where she'll be like, what are we going to do now? What are mm-hmm. we going to do now? And I try to do that like, I don't know. And she's like, you know, you tell me. And then she gets into this thing where it's like, I, you know, I want to play a game that we've never played before. I want to do something that we've never done before. And it, and it feels like it's all on me to figure something out. And often I do just, you know, push it back on her. And it's like a balance because, you know, there are some moments where it's probably an opportunity for me to help her, like, think of something new. Of course, yeah. But by and large, I do I do really like, and especially when you have more than one, I feel like it's easier um, because they kind of play off each other and, and figure st- something out. Yep. Um, and then the other one follows. So... Yeah, I think that space is so helpful. And I still remember it as a kid myself. Like, I don't remember my parents, you know, certainly not dictating what I would do, but even thinking of the things that, you know, like I, I so much of my creativity, I feel like came from me just like having some toys and playing out these scenes mm-hmm. and just being, you know, creative. Um, and if you're, if you're too structured in what your day looks like or, you know, your parents are kind of setting it up for you, I think there's a real danger there too. Totally. So, so maybe ultimately... We sh- it's not about staying motivated as a parent and owning all of that yourself. It's what you just said in terms of paying attention. I mean, yeah, we're all always co- just winging it. So, like, <laughs> we certainly don't know the right balance to any of this or anything that we're talking about. But, or anything. Yeah, or anything, period. Um, but I do think there's something powerful about paying attention and, and yeah. you know, not being uh, what might be a, a zombie parent, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't eat your kids' brains. Don't eat your children. Don't, don't do that. For starters. Um, and maybe there's somewhere I could go with that metaphorically. Don't eat their brains, but I don't. I won't bother trying to do that. Don't shamble down the road <laughs> with your arms falling off. It's true. It, it's it's all about checking in, and it, it's 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 not by accident that we come back to that at the end of like every episode that has yeah. like quote unquote advice in it. It's because it's it's just true. It's like be balanced and pay attention. You know. Yeah. It, but I, I I guess the the reality here is is that. When you do that, when you check in and when you are balanced and you are paying attention to the needs of your individual family and how you guys feel and what your deficits are and what your strengths are, doing that helps you to contextualize those experiences and interactions you have where you feel jealousy or you feel Mm -hmm. like, why didn't I think of that? Or you feel like, am I a bad parent because I can't afford to send my kid to three different things, right? Yeah. Because you realize that... um, it is not the same for everybody yeah. and that everybody has a different life and that if they are paying attention to their kids and if they are raising them well, then their kids are like no better equipped than our kids because the fact that we're checking in in the first place means that we're doing a good job. I mean, that's the right? thing. There, is... there are plenty of kids who've grown up in abject poverty and done absolutely incredible things. Yep. There are plenty of kids who have grown up absurdly privileged and done incredible things as well. Yeah, yeah. But I guarantee in both of those spaces, they had mentors in their lives, of yeah. whether they were parents or not, who helped them realize the importance of creativity, the importance of paying attention to what you need, the importance of paying attention to what others are doing, and the importance of not holding yourself back out of feelings of regret and remorse and jealousy yeah. and being a, a, a proactive participant in your life's journey. You That's know? right. That's right. And I think it is both liberating and also kind of scary to know that there is no recipe or playbook for raising, you know, a kid into a great adult. Like there's just no true right way to do it. Um, And yeah, there's maybe some wrong things. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's definitely things not to do. There's definitely things you shouldn't do. And there's also things to do. But most of the stuff that we're talking about as, you know, reasonably sane parents is uh is all in this middle area where it's like you try different things with your kids and certain things click certain don't 
Um, and maybe it's like, you know, y- you feel some pressure to, to, to engage your kids and that's always there, but not, not putting it on yourself as, as this burden mm-hmm. that you have to do certain right things in order to raise, you know, the right kid or right adult eventually. But, um, yeah, it's just navigating it and checking in along the way. And I think the checking in along the way thing is the thing that so easily can fade away because oh, yeah. we do fall into the same patterns inevitably as humans. Our brains are hardwired to do that, right? It's like how we just operate in the world. I don't think about how to walk every time I walk, you know? Right. You and don't? That, that's a good thing. Because <laughs> um, I'd be a, I already have no rhythm. Speaking as of it zombie is, so. shambling. Yeah, right? exactly. Or breathing, you know, is another one. Right. That's why classically meditation so focuses on the breath, right? Because mm-hmm. when you start be- to become aware of the things that are just common and sort of every day, um, you you're able to think about them differently and I think maybe just reach a le- different level of, uh, I don't know, what level is it? <laughs> Participating in your life. You yeah, know? be yeah. an active participant, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, and, and active parenting. Maybe uh, we should hash, we should trademark that. It probably already is. Uh, we'll say it's not. We'll say trademark. it's not. Active parenting. I think that's it. Because I'm thinking, like, what do all these approaches have in common? Like, what what is what does it have in common with people who were given everything in their lives and they still turn out great, people who had nothing and still turn out great? Yeah. I think it has to do with somebody being like actively engaged and validating that experience and responding to it, you know, Mm -hmm. and having access to opportunities, however they show themselves up, you know, right. And then having somebody there to care about whether or not those activities succeed or if they fail and being checked in with, you know, Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's just, uh, if you, if you know somebody cares enough to ask and to listen, yeah, then like, you're probably going to be okay. I you think know? so. And by the way, this all applies to our own lives, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's active uh, parenting, self-parenting. That's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't doesn't quite work. No. But in a way, you know, you got to take care of yourself, too. Mm-hmm. And, and and for life, I mean, our, our growth as, as young, I think we can still call ourselves young adults. Yeah, or does young adults, is that like, a, you know, I think of young adult books that's like a 14-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is up with that, by the way? I Why is know. YA literature I don't know. for like like little... For teenagers. like teenagers, yeah, like I don't. Care. I don't know. I don't understand it either. But as I'll, I'll call us young adults. Okay, we're still growing too, and I think I mean everybody is actually. I suppose so. I shouldn't even frame it around young adults, but you know what I mean. We're like, all we're young still, adults in this. We're still day, part okay? of this like bigger transition to becoming new parents, and uh, we're probably not new parents anymore. But anyway, um, and I think it's important to also check in with ourselves because if we just focus all of that energy on on parenting and the relationship we have with our kids and raising them. Um, there's a bit of a loss there in terms of your own self identity mm-hmm. and acknowledging that you're also growing and need to like, you know, take care of yourself. And that yeah. means engaging in activities or other things that, um, are helping you grow. And same goes for your relationship with your, the people in your life, your spouse and et cetera. Um, spouse and spouse. You're that German? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we should probably, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to offer cause I'm just going to keep repeating myself at this point. <laughs> I feel like. No, I, I maybe think we're attaining I think more good. levels here. It's just being aware, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's and and I think that if you if you do that, then the worst you're doing is not the right thing, but the best you're doing is is like the only thing you can do, which is to give somebody like a better mm. life, whether that's yourself or somebody you're partly responsible for. You know. Yeah. Um, I had I had like a a good point to wrap this on, and I cannot remember what it was, but well, it had something. To, what the fuck? Were you while you're about? thinking of that, yeah, go. Maybe this will be it, because maybe you know. Our mind melt same, yeah. at this point. We have the same glasses. Well, I I just want to I we do I want to point out that uh, I think finding other parents to talk to 
you know, we're lucky that we have this space we've created to do that yeah. check in. And I do think that that's a really can be a really helpful element where it's like, you know, buddy up. <laughs> right. I mean, it could be with your spouse, too. Obviously, your co-parent or whatever um, or other parents in your life. But like that's an aspect of it, you know, because it gives some perspective and it allows you to check in in ways that you can't do. Um, you could certainly have a conversation with yourself, but, you know, that only get you so far, I guess. Plus, it's weird. A little bit. Yeah. If yeah. somebody walks in on that, it's it's weird. It's it's. Right? Yeah. That's true. If you're just like looking in the mirror and like just like quietly. Although I do yourself. have faith that soon we'll be in a very her like um, world. It's a great movie. It is a great movie where we're going to be talking to our technology and you know. Oh my god! You, are you trying to wrap this with an AI conversation, John? <laughs> yeah, I think I just did. Yeah, you did. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll come to me it next week, and I'm we'll open by the time. Yeah, here. I know. But I, I, it's just gone. I, I think I was just talking about how like you're absolutely right. It's important to check in with yourself and to and to get, keep tabs on that because if you if you can do that, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know? you get, well, and you got to have the growth mindset for yourself if you want to. You know, I, the other thing often comes up is oh, we're modeling. Oh, I what I was going to say. All right, go ahead. I'll stop talking. No, we'll finish your growth mindset. Well, I was going to say, you, yeah. you're modeling all of this too. So if your kids see it, yeah. you act, you know, be an active um, participant in your own life and the way that you approach things, um, you know, I think that, that also models the behavior. Right, right. And, and what I was thinking was from earlier when you had mentioned how, you know, like we're still kind of young adults and blah, blah, blah. Like... <laughs> Ideally, this process never stops, right, yeah. until we're dead. Because the thing is, you think about the the reasons biologically why we have patterns in place, right? Yeah. So with things like autonomic responses, like breathing, obviously that's in a different part of our brain because it's for survival. Right. But other things like, you know, I don't have to think about what time my train gets in. Yeah. I don't have to think about what my logins are. You know, like just the, the things that we just put on repeat that we do intentionally do, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, it's amazing you know, that you memorize our brain your can license do it. plate because you need to fill it out a few yeah, times. Still and you're haven't like, okay, done I'm just that, gonna, but yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm just going to remember it, right? Yeah, yeah. So when... What what I think is what I, th- what I wanted to close with is that it's important to look at when that happens and why and what that's saying about other things in your life because things that you've deemed patternable yeah. are things that you've deemed no longer worth engaging with mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so if more than what you're comfortable with has become a pattern with how you're parenting or more than you're comfortable with has become a pattern with your life itself every day, then that means you need to check in with why. I think so. Because it means that you're no longer actively in control of that particular thing. Yep. And sometimes that's fine. Like there are things that are great to be pattern-based with, right? Yeah. But every time there's a pattern, I think it's worth unpacking why it's a pattern and if it's a pattern you want to keep. That's right. So I guess my closing thought with this would be that being motivated and engaged comes largely, I think, from inquiring about the patterns that have formed in your own parenting style. Yeah. And just asking if they're the ones that you want. And if they are, then that's great. Right? Then yeah. you then you're freeing up brain space for other things, you know? Yeah. And maybe they're not just for parenting things, maybe just for other things in Everything. your life that you want to do. Right. I mean there's a portion of our the patterns that we yeah, in our lives that are probably could be better and there are a portion that are, you know, good. I right. mean, that's it. Well, again, just winging it is that idea of um, exploring it all and, and uh, being more active in it. And it brings in that empiricism that you're talking about mm-hmm. where you're actually, uh, to use the terms that come out of agile software development, you're inspecting and you're adapting. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. and that's it. Um, I, they're actually on Harvard Business Review had a great, uh, has a great podcast and recently had a topic on critical thinking. And it reminds me a lot of this because we do in our work lives as well get into these modes of just using patterns of thinking and group think and all this and uh, I think a lot of what we're talking about is how you sort of, you know, get out of that. And of mm-hmm. course, she talked. This expert talks about it in in much better ways. You should just listen to that instead. <laughs> just stop. Yeah. Moral of the story. Just go listen to the Harvard Business Review. All right. Why are you listening to? You just will learn a shitload it? more yeah. than you will on this fucking thing. You will. But it's true. Patterns are a great tool for engagement. 
and for reactivation, yeah, right? Yeah. And there are some patterns, like you know, for example, you know, when you when you create like a meta like a like a meta tool for something, yeah, like when it's a workflow that you can automate, you don't have to like check in with it. <laughs> sure, that's fine. <laughs> but you know, if you do that over time, you don't realize how much entropy you're creating because you haven't reengaged with it. Like if I have like a pattern of work that I do every day to get something done, yeah. Like maybe I should stop and think. Like, is that actually still applicable to the way that I work and the way that I think? That's maybe right. it's not. It's right? asking those kinds of questions. And just like getting the kids ready for bed, like these things that we just do totally on autopilot because yeah. it's just like the way that you've done it forever. Maybe there's like a better. Oh my god. I, okay, <laughs> I'll save it for next time. But there's there are ways to like reinvigorate certain patterns in our lives that I think are really fun and um, and also like you said, it uh, allows us to better model creative behavior our kids so yeah. that they don't become over-reliant on patterns right. as they get older. I got to talk about toothbrushing next time. This is turning into a that. Lord of the Rings Return of the King ending where it's like, you know, you think the movie's going to end and then there's but like 10 not. more and there's like a pillow fight randomly. And yes. Yeah. So we won't do that. I mean, we just did. Well, we, yeah, we'll, we'll do the pillow we're gonna fight. We're going to have a pillow off fight air. off air. Yeah. We'll hit the mics. All right, bye. Bye.